So welcome into his house. It's another great opportunity. I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to preach from time to time. And I appreciate all of y'all. We've got a great crowd here today and uh, ready to hear some of God's word. And I want to thank my brother Jim back here. You know, his sermon last week, he said for every amen somebody said, I had to pay him a dollar. And I still owe you. You know, there's a song, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? <laughs> and I got to thinking about that, and it reminded me of a story from long ago. So there was this preacher, and he had a horse. He loved to ride horses. And he had trained the horse, and when he said, Praise the Lord, the horse would go. And when he would say, Amen, the horse would stop. So the preacher's out in the beautiful Colorado mountains and he's riding along and he's like, praise the Lord, and they're just trotting along. And he gets hungry about lunch and he says, amen, and the horse stops. And then after that, he's ready to ride again and he's just riding along and they're just in a nice moderate trot and here comes a cliff. And the preacher's like, whoa, whoa. And he goes, oh, I forgot the word, Amen. And the horse stops right before the cliff. And the preacher looks up and says, Praise the Lord. <laughs> and you can imagine where that went. <laughs> so if you would, please stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. We've got two scriptures this week. First uh, Thessalonians 5, verses 16 and 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And also reading from James 1, verses 2 and 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. Lacking in nothing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning. And Lord, I just ask that your words be my words. And that you continue to look over our town and our state. In your son's precious name I pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. So, last week was one for the record books in the Texas Panhandle, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Weather always seems to get into my sermons. I don't know, I don't know how weather gets into my sermons. Maybe it's because I really like weather. Um, and Mary, if you'll click the next slide. Um, everybody knows about this fire, the smokehouse fire. A million acres, over a million acres. And it's kind of hard to see, but on the west side is Sanford Fritch, and on the right side of this is Oklahoma. Um, it was just such a large fire. In fact, it's the biggest fire in the history of the state of Texas. Um, evacuation orders were for whole towns. I remember reading some of that stuff, and they're like, you should evacuate to Wellington or Childers. Just, just imagine having to do that. And I mean, you know, it wasn't that many years ago that we potentially were going to have to evacuate at least parts of Kwana because we had that wildfire south of town. And we had state resources here for weeks, it seemed, and, and they've got state and national resources up there. 
Um, and a lot of media coverage has taken place on this because this is obviously a big news story. It's a big human story, the number of burned homes, and the human aspect. Now, we are fortunate to only two fatalities. I'm not trying to minimize that, but considering the amount of acreage that that traveled through and how rapidly that fire spread, because at times that fire was going five to six miles an hour, that's a little faster than walking pace. That, that's just rapid fire spread. Um, but perhaps maybe a greater tragedy is the amount of cattle and horses and livestock. Because, yeah, there's a lot of cattle country between Canadian and Stanet. You know, there may not be a lot of towns out there, but there's certainly farmhouses. And, and there's been a large outpouring of support, both in terms of the physical goods like water, and hay, and fencing, um, and financial donations. I think one of the banks in Amarillo pledged a million dollars. Um, but there is still opportunity to help. Jim mentioned that earlier, and we'll have more details in the days ahead on that. And, and it just got me to thinking, it's like the other day, whatever day Chick-fil-A was here, we were getting lunch and Texas Task Force 2 was driving through town. And what that is is a group of highly trained, very specialized wildland firefighters. The management, the organization of stuff, because with the state of Texas, there's, there's a structure in how you do large fires. And all these donations were coming in and people were heading up. It's because Texas helps Texas. We pull together, you know, and the Bible tells us to do this in times of adversity. When bad things happen, we're supposed to help. And when those active fires are finally put out, and it kind of goes into the back of our mind, we need to be thinking about those that maybe lost a lifetime of memories in their house. Uh, just quite a lot of grief there, and, and, and it's a terrible disaster. And that got me thinking about what other disasters can we reference in the Bible and how were they dealt with? And I want to say, you know, church, it's hard to count your blessings. Well, we've always had them. And I'm going to say present company included, you know. We're a very blessed nation. We're blessed that we can just be in here. We don't have to worry about somebody coming in and saying, you can't be preaching. Stop. We're, we're just such a, such blessed people to be living in our nation. Um, if you look back in the Bible, there were angels that were created in a perfect environment receiving blessing after blessing from God they didn't know what suffering and pain and death was however instead of being grateful a third of the angels became resentful and rebelled that's in Revelations 12.4 as part of our Revelation study and I'll take just a moment to say make time to come on Sunday evening Mary does an absolutely phenomenal job of studying such a hard to digest book and put it in a form that you can understand and it revelation is just such a a warning about what's to come and to get ready and you know we could see this pattern repeated in humanity history shows us that a generation born into prosperity usually becomes a little bit relaxed maybe a little ungrateful with entitlement issues you know appreciation often comes when we are deprived of something Ironically, it's through adversity 
that the capacity for joy and thankfulness is built. And in this message today reminds us, as we are followers of Jesus Christ, that our Lord and God desires and expects us to be thankful, be a grateful people at all times, in all circumstances, and in all situations in life. And in fact, one of the keys to overcoming a crisis or a problem in your life is to have a grateful and thankful heart. Looking at other scripture, we've got David. He decreed for the first time that thanks be given to the Lord, uh, give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, proclaim His deeds among the peoples, sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell about all His wondrous works. That's from Chronicles 16, 7 through 9. What are we doing here? We sing. We have beautiful hymns. It says in another scripture in Psalms, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. That's Psalms 138. We can also take note that Paul says to give thanks to the Lord in everything and in all situations, whether it's bad or good. Paul's telling us to give thanks to the Lord for everything in all our situations, not just in the bad ones and not just in the good ones. This is his will and desire for us as believers and his children, and the Lord, the Lord delights in a grateful heart. And I do understand, it's difficult to say, Hey, thank you, Lord, for that, that broken water pipe, that large wildfire, that big flood that washed my house down. It's hard to say thanks in there. It, it's just a human thing. We struggle with that. But if you look at this, I mean, there's a lot of grassland that was burned. But in a few weeks, new life will be growing there, new grass. It's a renewal of the soil. It allows sunlight to reach parts of the earth that were covered up. It's unfortunate, but there are some benefits afterwards with a fire renewing the soil. Um, if we look at the story of the ten lepers, Jesus heals these ten lepers. After they were healed, only one of them came back to Jesus to thank him. And Jesus said, where are the others? You know, all but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave thanks to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed? What's the deal here? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told them, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. And you, We should also take note that Jesus desires that we give thanks to the Father and to him because giving thanks is ten amount. It's important. Um, to give glory to God. Another example is in David, or of David, in Psalm 57. What are his circumstances? Here's David. His life's in danger. The scripture in Psalm says that he, this is about when David fled and he was hiding from King Saul in a cave. Listen to this prayer he had. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge, and in the shadow of your wings I'll take refuge, till the storms of destruction pass by. 
I cry out to the God Most High, to the God who fulfills His purpose for me. In verses 4 and 6, My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts. The children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords, they set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit for me in my way. But even this terrible situation, he gives thanks to God. In verses 5 and 11, he says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And I think back to that situation near Canadian last week. There's a man and a woman. I don't know their ages, but they're trying to cut fence and open gates for cattle to allow the cattle to escape. And while this was happening, there was that cold front coming in. And the wind shifted directions. And the flames were coming at them. And they were forced to seek shelter in a rock building. And they just sat there and prayed, Lord, don't take us. And fortunately, they were kept safe in that rock building. But just imagine that fear of, is this it? Another example of Paul in Philippians 1. Look at his circumstances. He's in jail for preaching the gospel. And even in jail, some of his adversaries are trying to take advantage of this to promote their influence at Paul's expense. And Paul says, Only that in every way, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. His rejoicing comes in spite of his circumstances and his feelings. So what about it? Can we be like Paul or David? We can give thanks because of who God is. Apart from anything God does, God is always worthy of praise. God is glorious and awesome. His character and power are just beyond comprehension. And we should praise Him for that. Psalms 106 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And whether things are good for us or whether they're not, God is still God. And He's still worthy of our praise. And we can give thanks for what God has done. Even in times of adversity, we can count our blessings and see what God has done. I'll make you a bet churches are pretty full up there in the panhandle this morning. Because a lot of God things happen. People were in the right place at the right time, whether they were rescuing animals or just getting out of the way, and God gave them the ability to get out of the way. And we can give thanks because we have a God of hope and a God of a future. God's with us in both the hard times, even the really hard times, whether you've got a long-term illness and you're struggling to deal with that. You hurt every day, aches and pains. God is always with us. And He gives us a hope for something better. Because this life that we lead on this earth is not all there is if we're a Christian. In fact, we are to live for that life that is to come, not, not this one. In 1 Peter 1, 6, Peter tells his readers that now for a little while you've been grieved by various trials. Just before this, he said, 
In this, you rejoice. Why do they rejoice in their trials? It is because of what he had just mentioned a few verses before. An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven. Salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This hope kind of puts things in perspective for us as Christians. Yeah, we're going to go through difficult times. But we'll be blessed in what's to come in His house. We can give thanks because God can use these difficulties to bless us. God is able to bring good out of the pain, the suffering, and the tears. And that doesn't mean that God causes the pain. Only that God is greater than whatever harm is in our way. Paul makes a point in Romans 8.28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. God is able to work in and through all that happens to us to bring some good to us. God cares for us in this way in the midst of our difficulties. We can give thanks because God gives us the strength to do so. As Jesus said, the flesh is weak. And so when we suffer, we easily give in to despair. And we want to give up. But as Jesus goes on to say, the Spirit is willing. It's Mark 14, 38. The Spirit can strengthen us to give thanks even in the most difficult times. And we should also be mindful of the message that God's trying to tell His people. And that's to get ready. Natural disasters have occurred really since the beginning of time. That's not the first fire in Texas by any means. It may be the biggest. And I believe there's been bigger in California. But natural disasters, things go on. You might want to look at it and go, is that a reminder? Is that a wake-up call from God? You know, this Revelation study has really got me to thinking. Look at these warning signs, these things that God is telling us. Get ready, I'm coming back. And we act like it's not a big deal. We'll get there, God. We'll, 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 God, I'll talk to you when, you know, when that ox is in the ditch, when my car's got a flat tire, when my blood sugar's too high. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll get to you. And we're so fortunate that God is a patient, loving God. And he says, I'm still going to be here with you. And I just think back and, remind, and I have to remind myself too. Wow, we're blessed. But man, we've got to be ready. We've got to get ready because he's coming back. And if we're not prepared and if we don't know the Lord, it's not going to be good. And... Uh, so just think about that and think about these people that are suffering up there. I was talking to Lisa yesterday and she was telling me about this farmer and he was able to rescue his cattle. That's a lot of money. I was thinking it was a couple hundred head of cattle. But the grass he was going to feed his cattle this summer is gone. So now he's looking for hay and how's he going to pay for that? And where's he going to find it? Um, we can take comfort in knowing God will find a way. You know, people are so generous in donations and helping, and there were trailer after trailer of hay bales yesterday coming up the highway, headed that way. 
But just think about those people in the weeks ahead because as this fire gets put out and the media goes away, their problems still exist. So let us pray. Gracious Lord, you are our comfort. You are our strength in times of sudden disaster, crisis, or chaos. Surround us now with your grace and your peace through the storm, through the fire, through the flood. By your spirit, lift up those who have fallen. Sustain those who work to rescue and rebuild. Fill us with the hope of your new creation through Christ Jesus, who is our rock and our redeemer. Father, I pray that if anyone here today doesn't know the Lord, encourage them not to put off that opportunity to have a relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for the blessings. We just thank you so much, even in those difficult times. And we thank you for the hope that you're walking with us side by side. In your son's precious name I pray. Amen.